Welcome to episode 14 of the English Sessions, Multi-Word Contractions. I am your host and English teacher, Mike Butler. These podcasts can help you improve your English. Together, we will talk about grammar, pronunciation, structure, and have some fun, too. Remember to visit my website, www.englishsessionswithmike.com, to contact me for private lessons and for more content. You can also read the transcript of this audio on the website as you listen to this episode. Today's lesson is for advanced learners. Listen for these words today. Proper. Something proper is something that is conventional, established, and official. We have proper English, the English that we are told to speak, and informal English, the English that we actually use all the time. Breakdown. In today's context, breakdown just means an analysis or explanation of something. Reach out. To reach out is a phrasal verb. That means to contact someone, often for help with something. Let's continue our series on contractions. As a reminder, a contraction is a word that is a combination of two or more words. Don't is a very common contraction. It is the contraction of do not. If you remember, in episode 3, I told you that goodbye is a contraction. That's right. It is a contraction of God be with you. Today, we will focus on other words that are contractions of at least three or more words. Some multi-word contractions are very common and proper, like goodbye, and some are much more informal, like I'ma. From episode 5, I'ma is I'm going to. Listen to episode 5 for some examples with I'ma. Here's a challenge. I'm going to say a few sentences with several informal multi-word contractions. Try to guess what words I'm using within these contractions. Howdy, everybody. It looks like Mary is late to the meeting again. She'd have been here by now she'd followed my directions to the meeting place. Who'd have thought she'd be late three times in a row? In all fairness, maybe we shouldn't have changed the location of the meeting so many times. John, you ain't heard from her, have you? No? Okay. Well, do y'all want to start without her? Okay, was that difficult to understand? I will say it again. Howdy, everybody. It looks like Mary is late to the meeting again. She'd have been here by now if she'd followed my directions to the meeting place. Who'd have thought she'd be late three times in a row? In all fairness, maybe we shouldn't have changed the location of the meeting so many times. John, you ain't heard from her, have you? No? Okay. Well, do y'all want to start without her? Okay. That was a lot of informal language. Here is a breakdown of the list of multi-word contractions. Howdy. Howdy is a contraction of how do you do. In other words, I'm just asking how are you. This is a common greeting in some parts of the United States. In fact, 
the history of this contraction tells us that it was originally from how do ye. Do you remember this pronoun ye? I mentioned it in episode 5. It is not common in modern English. Shida is a contraction of she would have. Huda is a contraction of who would have. Shouldn't have is a contraction of should not have. Notice how many of these multi-word contractions involve a modal verb, like should or would, and the verb have. Dial is a contraction of do you all. Yaint, I saved the most complicated one for last. Yaint is a contraction of you ain't. And now is our chance to talk about the informal contraction ain't. Ain't is an amazing little contraction. This word is very informal, but it is in the Oxford Dictionary. And you hear it in, in, in pop music, rock music, uh, contemporary music all the time. It can be a contraction of am not, are not, is not. As in, I ain't home. I'm at the store. I ain't home. I'm at the store. It can even have the meaning of has not or have not, even though it doesn't look anything like those words. Our example, yaint heard from her, uses have not in the contraction. In other words, yaint heard from her is you have not heard from her. Go to the website www.englishsessionswithmike.com to see an example of yaint from a Facebook post being used in this way. And follow the link from the Facebook post to watch a music video of a good band from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, I'm going to read my sentences again, but without the contractions. How are you, everybody? It looks like Mary is late to the meeting again. She would have been here by now if she had followed my directions to the meeting place. Who would have thought that she would be late three times in a row? In all fairness, maybe we should not have changed the location of the meeting so many times. John, you have not heard from her, have you? No? Okay, do you all want to start without her? Was that a little bit easier to follow? Let's try again with the contractions. Howdy, everybody. It looks like Mary is late to the meeting again. and She'd have been here by now if she'd followed my directions to the meeting place. Who'd have thought she'd be late three times in a row? In all fairness, maybe we shouldn't have changed the location of the meeting so many times. John, you ain't heard from her, have you? No? Okay. Do y'all want to start without her? Remember, today's lesson may be difficult for students who are not advanced learners. I used some pretty complicated conditional structures here. Remember to go to the website for a transcript of this episode and reach out to the podcast if you have any questions. Here is a comment left by our French learner, Renaud. He left a comment on the website for the episode about the silent H in English. 
there were a couple minor errors that I found in the original message, so I changed some of the words in his comment. Go to the website to read the original comment and my corrections. I encourage you to ask me about the corrections that I made. Here are clues. I made corrections related to a preposition, an adjective that should have been used, a word that should have an H that is not silent. I also removed one preposition and changed some word order. Everything else was great, though. Here is the comment. Renault says, I was so surprised to hear my voice at the end of your podcast. Thank you. So, an homage is a special honor or respect shown publicly. I thank Google. In France, every day at 8 p.m., people in the cities applaud those who work in hospitals to pay homage to them. Is it correct to replace homage with tribute? Your pronunciation of hors d'oeuvre is quite correct. I didn't know that French word was used in English. Thank you, Mike, for the lesson. Okay, did you hear how I pronounced homage? I instinctively wanted to say homage for the first time it was mentioned in Renault's comment, but felt that it was normal to say homage when the word was used after the verb pay. This word keeps coming up in so many episodes that I decided to address the difference in pronunciation here. I use the Oxford Dictionary for my pronunciation guide. According to the Oxford Dictionary that I have on my computer, homage, with the main syllable stress or emphasis, on the first syllable, not the second. My dictionary tells me that this is the accepted pronunciation for both British and American English. However, I cannot deny the fact any longer that I most definitely hear homage all the time. If we reference a different resource, the often cited Merriam-Webster dictionary, we see that homage is an accepted way to pronounce this word. Is this word similar in your language? How is it said in your language, and have you heard it before in English? Write into the podcast. Let's have a discussion. And the answer to Renault's question. Yes, tribute is a synonym for homage. A synonym is a word that has a very similar meaning to another word. There are many of these in English. In fact, we often use the same verb, pay, with tribute as well. For example, the event paid tribute to the great jazz legend John Coltrane. In other words, the event organizers wanted to show respect for John Coltrane, perhaps by playing his music or talking about his amazing life. Both homage and tribute have their roots in Latin, as many English words do. The root words in Latin that homage or homage 
and tribute are based on have pretty different meanings, though. If your native language is a Latin-based language, write into the podcast so we can discuss these two words. For example, is there a difference in meaning between the two Spanish words, homenaje and tributo? Are they used in different contexts? Sometimes in English, two words can be so similar in meaning that the only difference is the context in which they are used, and perhaps the sentence structure and other words that are paired with it. As I've said before, the study of the history of words is called etymology, and boy oh boy do I enjoy this subject. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mike, your host of Get the Word, an etymology podcast for word nerds. We'll talk about the history and origin of words in English. If you're coming over from the English sessions, well, then I'll give you an even bigger welcome, loyal listener. The English Sessions is the podcast I've been doing for a while now for English learners and, and is where Get the Word was first conceived. I decided to make Get the Word its own podcast since I started to realize I was making content more for native speakers with these etymology episodes, which seemed to warrant its own feed. Don't worry, though. For those of you who are English learners, there will still be transcripts of the episodes on the website. Look for details in the show notes. Get the Word, an etymology podcast for word nerds. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Mike here. I want to pause for a moment to talk about how you can help the English sessions to continue. If you'd like to support the English sessions, then please go to anchor.fm slash the English sessions. There, you can click on the support button and make a monthly contribution to the English sessions to keep this podcast going. You can support the English sessions for less than one U.S. dollar. Every bit helps. Also, remember, go to www.englishsessionswithmike.com if you are interested in private lessons with me, Mike. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. One more thing. A recording from Anya. Hi, Mike. Anya here from Poland. Thank you very much for your podcast. It was easy to understand. So I'm waiting for another one. Thanks. Some kind words and some great English sentence structure, too, Anya. Thank you. That's all for today. Any questions? 
write to me at mike at englishsessionswithmike.com. Leave a message for me on the website, www.englishsessionswithmike.com, and I will play it on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. Visit www.englishsessionswithmike.com for more content. The English Sessions is now on Facebook. You can find a link to the Facebook page on our website. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Mike signing off.